Hey, welcome once again to On Mike with me, Jordan Rich. You know, we broaden this podcast to include conversations with talented, creative people in all areas of life and learning. It's always fun for me, though, to return to that which I consider my life's work and something I'm still having loads of fun with today, and that's the art of voiceover. So today I welcome a terrific guest from San Francisco, Elaine Clark. For 30 years, Elaine and her colleagues have trained voiceover pros from their studio, Voice One. You can find out more at voiceone.com. And when Elaine came out with the latest updated edition of her book, There's Money Where Your Mouth Is, A Complete Insider's Guide to Earning Income and Building a Career in Voiceovers, well, I just had to reach out and invite her back to talk some shop. She's one of the sharpest talents and teachers in the business, Elaine Clark. Elaine, it's wonderful to reconnect with you. I feel I know you because over the years I've recommended There's Money Where Your Mouth Is to countless people. So nice to talk to you again. It's great talking to you again also. You and I started in the business around the same time, a few decades ago. Let's put it that way. Uh, yeah, just a few. And the reason this book is out in its fourth edition makes sense because the industry, so much of it has changed with the technology and so forth. Can you give us a, an update? What's the latest that people should be aware of? Well, I've added more scripts to it, but the main thing I think is that you know I've updated the the technology, which is constantly changing. Added a ton of uh, interviews with industry experts on what kind of microphone they use for the various types mm-hmm. of work, because mm-hmm. people are always asking about that. And then just some insights into their specific niche that they're in. There are a lot of interesting people that are talking in the book to us about this industry, and there are a lot of avenues for people to take. And I've advised and cautioned people to to not just limit themselves. What are some of the opportunities in voiceover today as you see it? I think the most growing area is audiobooks. And a lot of people are getting into that, and there, there are ways to do that, but, and also you need to be really good at editing. There are a ton of different types of narration, so whether it's explainer videos or uh, e-learning or corporate videos that are on their site internally or externally or at a trade show, commercials, of course, and then you, know, you have the roll-in ads that you have on the web and all sorts of other commercial things, and then characters. There's so many different ways to work on characters, whether it's in a toy, a video, video game, an app, uh, a cartoon with uh, animation 24-7 now Mm. on TV and streaming, you have an endless supply of characters. There's a lot of content and that content needs VO, needs voiceover to accompany it. And in the course of your work as a trainer, as well as an actress, I mean, there are certain standards that have remained intact. I know uh, breath control, pacing, understanding the copy, things like that. What what would be the the top five important go-tos if someone's starting out? Well, I think they need to know the relationship of the words and who they're talking to, whether it is a person on the other side of the screen or it's a character that's in the scene. So a lot of times people are just saying the words and they're really cute and fun, but there's no purpose there. It has to have a relationship and a need for that character of why they're saying it. Mm. So truth is always important and also diction. So we have melody and tempo changes and attitude so that these sounds um, just fit in people's ears and they don't have to figure out what it is because they can't see us. In terms of an art form and the respect it gets or doesn't get, over the years, uh, I found clients and ordinary people I hang out with will say, boy, you actually get paid to just read something? And as you and I know, it's it's not just reading words on a page out loud. Talk more, if you will, Elaine, about the importance of understanding drama and acting. And you don't have to be a Stanislavski student, but tell me what it means to be an actor. 
the price of success is paid in advance. So it means that you have to learn what you're doing prior to getting into the business. And a stage actor starts out and they go to the audition and they get the job and then they have six weeks to develop the character and a miracle happens along the way. Here we have to be at opening night of the show within five minutes of reading the script and we have to be at closing night of the show at the final take, which may be five minutes later, 15 minutes later, it really just depends, or an hour later. And that's why I'm really big into body movements and gestures, as well as how the body and the muscle memory attaches to um, an attitude so that the image comes alive. And I think a lot of people just read words on the page and it's more than that. It's what you lift off the page that makes it interesting. Oh, so true. And I love some of your techniques and some of the new stuff you've added because I'm learning all the time. We're talking with Elaine Clark. There's Money Where Your Mouth Is, Complete Insider's Guide to Earning Income and Building a Career in Voiceovers. And let's talk about income for a second because I've made it my career and it been ups and downs uh, like anything. But people can still do well, well enough to support themselves if they really, really go at it professionally. Isn't that correct? Yes, there is income in there uh, in the business. Otherwise, we wouldn't be teaching it or doing this or there wouldn't be a ton of agents out there representing talent. But the cream always rises to the top. And so that means that sometimes you get in with an agent or you get in with a pay to play site and you don't book immediately. But if you keep working at it and you inc- improve your craft, you will find some income. Now, it's going to vary from where you live, what kind of work you're going after, mm. how how much time you spend on it. There's a lot of variables. Yeah, but you have to plant the seeds. You have to keep at it and not give up. It's show business. You're going to be rejected, something you shouldn't necessarily take personally. There are so many people now who are doing this on their own, and I'm talking to you from my studio and you're at yours, but there are so many people doing it on their own. Without getting into too many details, the book covers more detail. What's the basic structure here? It's the right kind of microphone, insulating the area you're recording with the right kind of soundproofing, and what else? And then knowing how to edit So that's the technical side of it. And the other is really knowing how to interpret the scripts. And that's why in the first part of my book, I work on technique. And then the middle part of it, we work on style for the different styles, whether it's tag, announcer promo, uh, announcer spokesperson, uh, testimonials, uh, and so forth. And so then there are various scripts in each of the categories so that you can start recognizing Mm. what kind of script it is. Because if you add a promo style to a testimonial, it's not going to work or vice versa. Right. I love some of the commentary by some of the pros in the field. Uh, You mentioned audiobooks. I've been doing them myself over the last couple of years. One gentleman, I can't recall without the book in front of me here, talked about how he got into the business. He volunteered. He did some stuff for the blind or something. And he did a lot of reading. He got a lot of exercise. That's a pretty good piece of advice. Yeah, it's a way to find out what your stamina is like, whether you have too much saliva, not enough saliva, whether you have mouth noises, how you can only work in 45-minute increments, or you can work for two hours at a time and take a 15-minute break. So it learns, you learn a lot about yourself. Now, um, there's some people also who have done it on their own, and they're very good at being bad. And then there are other people who have worked, and they know what to do, and they're really good. So we have to always remember the audience and why we're there, and paint a picture for them. It's theater of the mind. Elaine, when you meet someone for the first time and they're thinking about taking a course with you or getting into the business, can you do an assessment in your head while you're speaking to someone and say to yourself, I think this person has something special. Does it show up for you as it sometimes does for me when I see people? There are some people where it's instantaneous. The majority of the people, um, they've been told they have a wonderful voice. And then I say, but what can you do with it? 
And our reading conditioning versus our speaking conditioning is very different because people read, they're trained to read a certain way that's louder at the beginning of the sentence and tapers off and you breathe. And when we speak, we have a tendency to get louder at the end of the sentence to make sure people get it. So we have to rearrange our brain. So I think the willingness to play is the main thing. Not beating yourself up is really important because mm. some people then say, oh, I should have known it. Well, how can you know something you didn't know? That's a great point. I have a question for you on accent adding or reducing, and I'll give you my take on that. Of course, I'm talking to you from Boston, <laughs> and uh, and you all know about the Boston accent. There are, there are twinges and ethnicities and so forth out there, and uh, oftentimes we say, if you're going to do general business voiceover work, you'd want to have that, quote, standard American. But how do you help people with a deep regional accent, either lose it or hone it? Well, first of all, you have to figure out whether that's going to be an accent that will be very interesting. So certainly uh, Sissy Spacek has done really well with her with her Southern accent and she didn't change it. So there are certain things that will benefit you. Uh, being versatile is really nice so that you can put it on when you need to and then remove it when necessary. That opens up more of a feel. But some people aren't able to do that. I think then you go, okay, this is the type of work that I'm going to get and I'm going to be really good at getting that kind of work. You know, I, I moved to California from Louisiana, so it was a bit of a struggle to get rid of my Southern accent during the time because people were just making fun of me. So, oh, <laughs> and how so dare I, they? I had, <laughs> I, but it forced me to then think about the different ways I was saying my vowels or yeah. dropping off a consonant. And that's also where, so what I did is I put my musical background with piano and trumpet together and uh, started using that, that sense of music in the words. And when people would say I was pronouncing something incorrectly, I would then write it down and mm. then practice those words until it just became natural. Practice, practice, practice. Also, developing your ear so that you can hear it. My take on the accent uh, issue, particularly in Boston, is I usually tell students of mine, don't worry about the accent going away. Keep it. It's your accent. You've earned it. I want you to develop a new accent when you're on mic. And it seems to be working for some of the people who have severe, severe, heavy accents. It's a whole new ball game when you're doing voice work and you're trying to have fun and make money with it because now you're developing not just your voice but that ear sensitivity, to actually hear yourself in a brand new way, unlike the rest of the world. Would you agree? Yes, I think you, you made a great point. Is some people, in order to get rid of the accent, they create a character that doesn't have it. So then they go back and have their regular speech and daily life, but then they put on the character voice, which doesn't have an accent when they're performing. Mm. So that's one way for the brain to kind of handle it. To be careful when we're changing accents, so we're adding an accent on when we ha talk a certain way, because if that's the most important part, we're not going to get to the the truth of the message. You always want to start with the truth of the message, the relationship with the person you're telling this to, and the reason why you're telling it, and then have it layer on naturally the accent because it yeah. just needs to be that way. One cannot do everything. And if you if you don't have that sense that you have to be perfect, which is important, you don't have to be perfect. If you have the sense that you can be good at one or two areas, focus on those areas. Be the best that you can be in those areas and don't spread yourself too thin. Do you sort of hold to that as well or what? I do to a certain degree. So one of the things I feel very fortunate having started, you know, many decades ago in voiceover, as the business was growing, 
I was able to learn a new skill. So when I first started in voiceovers in San Francisco, it was just commercials. And then Silicon Valley started taking off. So it was te uh, technical reads. So I was able to work on that, both voiceover and on camera. And then the video game industry took off. So then I got to work on characters mm. and then the toy industry. So I kind of grew with the business. And that's why it was easier for me to do a whole bunch of different types of things. But now people are just thrown into this uh, this melting pot of potential work. And you have to then mm. say, where do I think I belong? That's a good point. The work has so expanded and the possibilities are so expanding. And here's another observation. When you started and when I started, and I'll just be point blank around 1980 or a little before for me, women were in the minority in terms of representation on radio and, and getting as much work in the VO area. It's changed a lot over the years. What's the state of, so we say, availability for female announcers these days as you see it? Uh, probably about 40%. So when I first started about the same time as you, it was about 10%. And the person who I feel then sort of broke it open was um, Sally Kellerman. And I would do some of her, her animatics before they oh, got yeah. her to do the real thing. It would just go Hidden Valley Ranch. And she has a really <laughs> beautiful voice. Yeah. And they were like, whoa, that sounds really cool. And so I think with more CEOs and companies, more, more women in politics, more women out there in the world, that what we do reflects society. It doesn't lead showing yeah. what's what's potential. I concur. And I think it's great that uh, it, it's opened up not only to women, but also to people with not the quote unquote traditional basso profundo voices. And I wanted to end with this. Your book is really applicable for anybody in the business. And it's not the deep baritone or beautiful, sweet tenor voice that is always going to be in demand. Uh, we really are a diverse society. So voices are uh, all shapes and sizes these days, apparently. Yeah, it's about conversational reads. That's really the main thing. So it doesn't sound pushed. So one of the things that I that I have to enhance the book so it becomes um, uh, dynamic for people is I have two apps. Also, Activate Your Voice, which is a five-minute voice and diction exercise so that it increases your volume, your diction, your resonance, your clarity. And it's really a miracle worker if you use it properly. And the other one is adding melody to your voice. And in that one, it has a workout. You have a video with how to use the various gestures for the uh, word emphasis chart so that you can be very specific when they ask you to do something. And then you can record yourself, listen to it back, and see whether it matches. So it's a wonderful exercise. So the Activate Your Voice is only 99 cents. And the Finding Melody in Your Voice is a free app with a 9.99 uh, mm -hmm. training video. It's about 16 minutes. So it really helps with the diction and exercises. Uh, that I already have in the book. And that's voiceoneapps.com. And what's your overall website for people who want to gather more info? Well, right now I am uh, working on a new one, but it you can go to voiceone.com. Voiceone.com. Well, Elaine, it seems as though every 10 years or so I pick up the phone and we get to or pick up a Skype machine and we get together and chat about what's going on in the industry. But I really dig the book and I've recommended it to many and continue to. And uh, so glad to know that you're, you're doing as well as you are and enjoying the business as much as I am. So thank you for joining me. Fantastic. This is Jordan thanking you for listening to On Mic with Jordan Rich, available on Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and of course, Android. Appreciate you subscribing, downloading, rating, and reviewing this podcast if you get a chance. On Mic is produced at Chark Productions in Boston. Until next time, be well so you can do good.